The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the S&M Chronicles, a kink podcast. to be a reflection on our journey into the BDSM scene and a general dialogue about our experiences, thoughts, feelings, opinions, yada yada along the way. Do take what we say with a grain of salt. Do do your research. Do look up terms if we're going too quickly over things or I mean we've been in this scene now for almost two years. Oh, October is going to be two years. Oh my god, October is our anniversary, (laughs) our kinkiversary. But sometimes since, you know, we're used to things and we're not as new, we may gloss over certain terms or perhaps assume that, you know, our listeners know certain basic things that we, at least that we think are basic, that maybe aren't. So please let us know if you have questions and reach out to us directly on FetLife. I am Blue Jasmine with a Z. <laughs> and I am underscore pain slut. <laughs> uh, you can also reach us at our email. It is sandmchronicles at gmail.com. We will answer any and all of your questions. Yeah. Our last episode was on feminism and BDSM. We had some fantastic email questions come through. We also had a great discussion on STI prevention and further information on that. So please check that out as well as uh, a good conversation about disabilities, which could be both physical, mental, but we primarily touched on physical within the scene and um, inclusion. This episode, we're going to talk about Dun, dun, dun. Danger. Fear play. <laughs> Edge play, fear play, CNC. All things on the dark side. Just kidding, they're not. Well, everything's on the dark side like, with King. <laughs> the scarier, more extreme. The scarier, the potential, scary, potentially but... risky, as we like to call it, rack. I looked up rack, this term. Risk aware, yes. consensual kink. Risk aware, consensual kink. When you're participating in that, in these activities, you are acknowledging that there is a risk factor, and you are willing to accept the consequences. So examples could be breath play, which would mean something like choking or asphyxiation, predicament bondage, where perhaps I've done something like this before, you're tied up in a way that you have to balance yourself and you're on your tippy toes and if you let yourself go, your oxygen could be cut off or just various dangerous things like that, uh, bashing, trampling, there could be a potential injury. I just wanted to say really quick, there's like two acronyms that get used kind of frequently in the kink communities. RAC, which Em just mentioned. You also might hear SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. Yes. That term I've just heard critiqued, one, because there's risk associated with everything. Yes. So saying safe can be misleading. So we like risk aware. Mm-hmm. Sane can be a problematic word. The sane and insane have often been used to marginalize people with different mental health problems. So we try to avoid that term as well. So risk aware consensual kink is more on point, we think. Yes. 
Okay, well, before we go into the spooky stuff, wait, this is... <laughs> this is good, because this is like, it's we're getting into Halloween, into Halloween season. <laughs> spooky kink. Spooky kink. Spink. First, it's time for... First, it's time for... Things, things we, we did this month. You go first, because I have like 50 okay. things I did this month. I don't have a whole lot, because... How the tables but... have turned. <laughs> well, I'm saving some of my things for the meat of the episode. Jay and I went with another couple on a little trip for Labor Day weekend. Was that the weekend it was? I think so. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. came back Monday. Yeah. And I had never really been camping. Okay. Can't, we like camped with an asterisk. We stayed with the woman of the couple. Her like super sweet mom hosted us. Aww. We set up a tent in the backyard. I mean, it's a big yard, but the reason why we created this trip in the first place was because I had never been skinny dipping. Mm. So we went. We were. It was. We went to Vermont and we found a little spot on the river got naked and swam and it was really fun it was really cold yeah our nipples were very hard mm. so that was kind of hot but it was a fun experience like it's kind of like public play i mean nobody we were like secluded enough mm. we were likely not right get you didn't caught or anything nor would it be like that big of a deal because like i guess it's like a thing people kind of do around there but it was it was really fun we fucked in the tent which was fun they also had a trampoline. I wanted to ah. fuck on the trampoline. <laughs> Jay was like, amazing. no. <laughs> well, actually, he was like, we can, but then it rained. <laughs> well, before we went, Jay was like, I'm going to, like, handcuff you to a tree and, like, whip you. And I was, like, really excited about that. But then we were, like, about to go into the woods to, like, do this. And they were like, just when you get back, check for ticks. And we were both like, <laughs> Maybe not. They are not. We still, we had a lot of fun. We played this game called The Effing Truth. It was supposed to be called Bango, but it was like one of their <laughs> friends made it. You have like a bingo sheet with numbers and then you draw a card and it has a number and then it says, have you ever given or received a snowball? Which is like made out with someone right after they've gotten cum in their mouth. In your mouth and yeah. you pass the cum along. And you pass the cum to somebody else by making out with them. And... Then if you've done the thing, you get to cross off that number and then you try to get a bingo. It was really it was really fun though, if you're interested in it. It was one of their friends made the game. So like, like bingo meets never have I am. We didn't do a whole lot of like brand new stuff, but it was fun doing it. Like, outside and like in the tent. Yeah. I also peed outside for like the first time in my really? life. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just have like you in the pooed backyard. In the woods? No. Oh well that's a new experience. Have you pooed in the I woods? I have pooed in the woods. <laughs> Wow. When I was on a, I went on a camping kayaking trip on the West Coast, and mm-hmm. I pooed in the woods. It's very eventful. It's fun. Your experience really makes me want to do more stuff in public, though, and it makes me want to travel and just locally. Not I mean, yeah. I want to do more public. Yeah. Things. Public shit's fun, but not necessarily in the city. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes well, the, the space here gets to you too. Yeah. It can be tricky. Oh, okay. So another thing, I, I've started posting porn on Reddit. I didn't know this. Yes, you did. What? I showed you. Wait, I showed you my one that like got to the top of me like in the oh, mirror. Oh, that was yeah. a while ago. That was a while ago, but okay, I'm still okay. doing it like pretty oh, consistently. Okay. And I thought that was just a one-off. Oh, no. <gasps> I have... What? 2,600 followers. What the fuck? How can I follow? Ooh. Ass. It's just like, oh, that was... Ass. Oh, I do so have another thing to talk about. too. Okay. 
S has been a naughty girl. She hasn't been on FET. I know. And I used to be the one who never logged into FET. I would log into FET like once every week or two, and now I'm on every day. Yeah. It's just because I don't like, I'm I'm not like using it to network anymore. Yeah. I don't like kind of have my people, and then I meet them in real life, and I just, like, get their numbers. This has, like, been ongoing, but I've just forgotten to plug them on the podcast. I've started posting porn on Reddit, and my username is Pain Sluts Porn. Pain Sluts. Just, like, one word, all lowercase, Pain Sluts Porn, so you can see lots of pictures of me naked on there if you want to. Uh, it's It's pretty fun since I'm an exhibitionist. <laughs> and as I was just looking at this, I remembered another... This was just a fun scene that Jay and I did. So you can see, if you go on Painslet's Porn and you go back one, two, three, four, four pictures in, the fourth most recent picture, there's one of me, like, saran-wrapped mm-hmm. with Jay's underwear in my mouth. God, we were out somewhere, and I was, like, really horny, and he... We got back, and he was like, stand in the middle of the room, put your arms down. And then he wrapped me up in saran wrap, and like pushed me on the bed, took my pants off, pushed me on the bed, stuffed his underwear in my mouth, and then put a hole in the um, saran wrap, and like put the Hitachi in it. So it was like right above my clip, but like not on it. It was kind of just like pushing it down every once in a while to kind of like Mm -hmm. edge me. But not letting me come, and then made me admit that I really like orgasm denial, and then didn't let me come (laughs) until the next day when we went to our other partner's place, and she, like, edged me a bunch of times and then let me come, and it was really Love it. Pain sluts porn, everyone. Pain sluts porn. Looking that up. (laughs) Things I did this month, I've been busy this month, which is kind of... Not different for me, but different for me, because usually I'm the one that doesn't have 50,000 <laughs> stories, but I do have a lot. I was at Impact this past weekend. I did a scene with T, with my Dom, and it was a 200-count paddling-slash-caning scene. That's a lot. That was a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I hadn't done... Well, the last high-impact scene I did was the one at the Vanguard, which was what I talked about that last episode in yeah. early July. Yeah. So it has been a hot second since I did another one of those, and I was especially looking forward to being back in high protocol and submission because uh, Vanguard was the last time I did that, so it's been about like two months, month and a half. So we went with another play partner he has... I'll call her B, and she was there beside me while I was getting these lashes, paddles, and counting them out loud and thanking him for each one, and it was really fun. I ended up crying at the end, probably the last ten, but I got pretty deep into subspace, which was awesome, because that is probably the second time that's ever happened to me. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, I definitely... It's difficult for me to get there, but when I really... To subspace, you mean, or to crying? To true subspace. Subspace, yeah. But if I really just kind of... I don't want to say concentrate, because it is... There is a form of letting go and kind of giving up and meditating with it that yeah. at least comes with it for me, but I always know when I'm there. It's a very particular feeling of just like floaty it's it's a high honestly it feels like being on a drug 
Do you feel like when I really hit subspace, I can feel the impact? I don't know if I'm getting caned or something, and it's like really that sharp feeling. When I really hit subspace, it kind of feels like everything's like wrapped in like a comforter. Yeah, it does. impact gets way less painful. No, and the first time I was ever in subspace, I was in kneeling stocks and had. Uh, like Hitachi on me and was going through a lot of different impact and there was a point and I had come a bunch of times and just from being in that space of like high protocol and doing all the moves and being in that all night long and not speaking and I was told that I was that I was getting caned really hard at the end of the night he was like he was like I can't I was caning you while you were coming like hard and I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't feel it. I didn't even know I was yeah. being hit. So it just, it kind of melts away. And I find that when I'm in subspace, time also just becomes irrelevant. And yeah. I think an hour or two could pass and it could just feel yeah. like it's already it's like so 3 a.m. There was one time, there was one scene Jay and I did where he had two ping pong paddles, a hard one and a soft one. I was like, you're using the soft pedal. And he was like, no, it's hard. And I was mm-hmm. like, I literally don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, looked back and I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. it, it's it's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, though. Yeah. It's exciting that you got there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as long as that. I mean, the first time I was ever there, because it was such a long evening of that. And yeah. I was in those kneeling stocks for a really long time. But yeah, it was a good scene. And then at the same party, kind of on the flip side, there was, this is the first time something like this has ever happened to me. B and I were tied down on a bench and we were about to do a scene together, like a knife play scene. So I couldn't really see what was happening because I was leaning over a spanking bench and she and I were tied together. Our arms were bound and our legs were bound and our heads were down. And we were starting the scene. T and another one of his friends was doing some various light impact and working up to the knife. And all of a sudden, some woman came by with a friend and just, or someone came by and just started like spanking our asses really hard. And I was like, what the hell? Nope. And I thought at first, because I I couldn't really see who it was, I just thought it was someone blonde. I thought it was one of their friends who maybe was like just joking or, I mean, that would have been really disrespectful too, but I, I... gave that person not to mention non-consensual well, right no it wasn't at all but i gave the person the benefit of the doubt yeah. i was like oh maybe they had a drink but maybe like they know someone in the scene and i just hear t say hey do i know you and this woman goes no and he's like get your fucking hands off them and i was like whoa really someone just thought it would be okay to come by and this is a PSA for everyone listening. If you are at a party, do not go up and interrupt a scene and just start... Just because a butt is in your face or just because someone's bent over a bench does not give you permission to touch them, to spank them, to even walk up into that space. A scene is going on. Respect that. If you're interested in engaging in some sort of impact... First of all, wait until the scene is over. Wait till the aftercare is over, too. Wait, yeah, wait till the... That's exactly. Wait till the aftercare is over. And then ask politely. Don't just assume you can go up and start whacking somebody in the ass. Because it totally took me out of the moment. And I'm sure it took me out of the moment. And I think um, T ended up talking to the organizer about it. And they had a, a conversation. But just completely rude and disrespectful. That's never happened at a party before. I don't know if... I'm assuming those people were new or they just weren't aware of the rules, but 
a lot of the parties I go to tend to give like consent I know if you go to Hacienda they'll have a list of rules posted I'm sure they had one at impact and some of them make you read them out loud but it was just really disappointing that that happened so yeah just be respectful and don't touch (laughs) don't touch so that happened scene interruption womp womp uh I got suspended by Sam our lovely lovely guest on our rope show uh, it was my first suspension scene ever. We did it at an event called Suspends on the Lower East Side. Really cool vibe. It was at the uh, the Delancey. Have you ever been there on like their roof area? Yes. Lots of like palm. Yes. That's where Polly cocktails. And... Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was really fun, relaxing. It was a very basic scene. We didn't do anything crazy. It was really just kind of a feeling what the what it was like to be suspended in the air. And I'm really glad we started early in the night because when we were done, there was like a line of people waiting. (laughs) We were within like these steel garters kind of, and there was a crank with the rope. So it felt, kind of felt guarded and people couldn't just kind of walk into. Yeah. There was like a little boundary because of the steel. So no, it was really nice. It was relaxing. I obviously wasn't bratting. I was just kind of there to feel what it was like. But Sam was great. He used a lot of different points, so everything felt balanced. I actually didn't really have that many marks the next day, which That's was great. great. That's a sign of a pro at suspension. Yeah, it felt very balanced. That's awesome. Nothing went numb, so That's he did great. some stuff with like ice, Ooh, playing with ice, okay. shoving it down my shirt, and then I couldn't <laughs> get it out, <laughs> which was fun. But otherwise, there wasn't any any impact or anything like that. It was it was a good night. So that was great. Thank you so much, Sam. I'm glad we finally were able to cross that one off my list. It was very enjoyable. (laughs) And then, I don't think I talked about this last episode, which is kind of shocking to me, because I thought, I could have sworn it happened before, but I went to a party called Force By at the Goddess Loft. Oh, I didn't realize it was a party. Yeah. That's awesome. It is a party. And one of my good uh, dominant female friends in the scene... I will call her P, uh, was there, and we co-topped a guy who was in an adult diaper, and we made him suck. So my dominant is the house bull there, and he he does, like, force by. And so we made him suck his dick, and it was... I, I I didn't know how I would react to it, because I... I don't know, I feel like it's something... You're like, oh, this could be hot, the premise of it, but then... Like, I would personally never watch, like, gay porn, but then you see it, and it's not about, it's not about, like, the man-on-man. It's about the power exchange and the act of degrading a guy that much, and especially having two straight, very, very straight men to engage in that way, and just the humiliation of it was really just wild, and... I, for one, find guy-on-guy action really fucking hot, regardless... I've never, I haven't really watched much gay porn, but I guess I just haven't really had, it hasn't been that appealing to me. It's not my, I'm like, nah, meh, I don't know. One of my, like, big fantasies that hasn't occurred yet is being part of an MMF threesome where the guys are at least as into each other as they are into me, if not more into each other than me. See, I, for an MMF, and I really would love to do an MMF, because I've only done FFM, or FFF. (laughs) 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 Inside joke. (laughs) Are we going to talk about that? (laughs) 
S and I maybe <laughs> fucked another girl. Ha 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 ha. It was really it was fun. Really fun. Great. It was so good. That mm-hmm. was at uh, Fem Flirt. Yes. Scorpio Gemini loft. We picked up a woman. We did. <laughs> oh my god. And we went back to her loft. It was amazing. It was glorious. Yep. But yeah, back to <laughs> back from that side tangent. If I did an an M M F, which I really want to do, I feel like I would want the guys to just be into me. Mm. And I don't really that interaction between them. I don't know. It's not something I would necessarily. Eh, I'd rather just have like them. Yeah. Me be the center of attention. I don't. I don't. I don't know why that's such a big turn on to me. No. no but no. for some reason it is. Just guys being. Mm-hmm. Sometimes J and T will kiss my two like male partners, even though they're both like they both consider themselves straight, but sometimes will be like hetero flexible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just <laughs> it like both turns me on and like warms my heart so much. Um, so yeah, the fourth by scene was fantastic, and I really enjoyed it, and I loved the dynamic of it. Would one hundred percent do that again? I've never done force by. Where it's been anal sex. Does your dom identify as completely straight? Yep. He does. Has he fucked guys? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you can say, like, everyone's on the spectrum in some point, And whether yeah, but he wants to call himself perfectly straight. No, but identities are valid, however someone wants to identify. Right. He has no reason to be, like, ashamed of it if no, he no, 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 wasn't no, no. straight. So no, I completely no. believe his identity. But I was just curious. There's, like, things that you do in kink that are fun that don't necessarily turn you on. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've actually realized this, too, recently. I'm like, there's sex that I have that's more just, like, fun to me. Right. And then there's sex that I have that's more arousing to me. That's Which it's funny to think of some sex as not very arousing, but it's not... That, that sounds like it would be an insult, but it's not at all. It just sometimes yeah. I'm like, this is a blast. Right, 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 right. I could it's see more, that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I would also add there's sex that is more of just the power exchange. Like if oh, I'm yeah. pegging a guy, you know, it's hot, but it's more so about like I'm putting you in your place because you are a submissive male and you're going to take my cock. Yeah. And it's less about, like, ooh, this is so lustful and fun. Right. It's, it's, I don't know, it's less sexual. It's yeah. more about totally. dominating. So that's to say I can completely understand how your dom could fuck men and be like, this is really fun, but also I'm straight. We'll have to have him on the podcast sometime to, to talk more about that, because the world of forced by and cuckolding is one that he's got a lot of experience with, so... Yeah. Key holding is also going really well. I'm meeting my male sub who is locked up and has been locked up for two weeks oh. tomorrow to release him. He's going to go to some appointments and then be locked back up in October. Uh, that's been really fun to hear about how he's doing every day and the tease and denial and sending him porn. And No, the teasing's been really fun. I think he's going to absolutely burst tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> and then yeah other cuckolding's been good I'm happy if any listeners want me to do a very specific segment on cuckolding and my experiences with yeah. it would be happy oh. to talk more about that I feel like I often kind of gloss over it in the things we did this month but it's such a 
deep in-depth thing and I do a lot of preparation for the scenes I'll sit like the week before and write them all out like in terms of how I want to start the direction and I'll I'll do everything and then whoever my bowl is I'll send it to them and be like read this and we're doing all of this and this is the plan and I'll talk in great detail with whoever the cuck is in advance to find out their you know their limits hard and soft what they're looking for just every little piece of information I can get to ensure that the scene you know goes in the direction that they want because at the end of the day it's their scene and I might be you know the one humiliating or dominating them but I want them to have a good time Aww, you're such a good dominatrix <laughs> thank you Aww, so I know it's, you. it's important to me it's because it's in the scene it's about me and my pleasure and that's what it is but they also it's their kink and I want them to have a good time and feel fulfilled and feel cared for even when I'm you know making them eat cum or making them <laughs> watch me get fucked until my eyes roll in the back of my head or laughing at their small co- like whatever I'm doing it's got to be fun <laughs> for everyone involved yes so no I'm Lovely. definitely a planner but happy to talk more about that in detail in another episode also, like, cisification, and I bought one of the guys an apron to wear, just an apron. Like, this little, I went to the Disney store, and I got yeah. this little itty-bitty Minnie Mouse apron. Oh, my God. It's great. That's adorable. <laughs> I feel like all the people that I interact with have the first name T. <laughs> like, everybody. That's really funny. So, this uh, male sub's name <laughs> T1, is also T2. T1, T2, T3. I'm just going to line them up and put them all on the same leash. Um... I had him take a bunch of photos for me in different outfits because I've been really wanting to do kind of a quote-unquote professional photo shoot for a while, and that was so fun. So I got some good shots and threw them threw them up on Fed. I've also started watermarking my stuff. would recommend that to anybody who's putting content out there. Just put a little watermark of your thing so that other people can't use your photos. Um, I personally like to keep, now this is going on a different tangent because I'm just rambling, I like to keep my face out of my photos. Uh, I know certain people have different opinions about that in terms of whether they want to have face photos for just friends or have face photos for everybody or not have face photos at all or blur their face pics. Uh, I think it depends on your job and your life and your privacy, your levels of privacy, but I'm kind of a safer rather than sorry person, but it's up to you to gauge. So. Yeah, I've got my face everywhere. <laughs> I'm just like, Fair enough. <laughs> I'll cross that bridge. So I also thought about now. like name stuff too. Sorry, this is turning into a whole other tangent now <laughs> about privacy and security. Your name... I mean, obviously, our aliases, Paint Slut and Blue Jasmine, are aliases. Uh, they're not My legal name is Paint Slut. <laughs> <laughs> On your birth My parents named me Paint Slut. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think that level of privacy is free to determine. Sometimes I've had emails with potential like when I plan out my scenes I email I write them out in email kick if you're on kick if you're on whatsapp just just keep in mind I think it's important just to be thinking about you know the photos you're putting out there if you're sending face photos to people over text if you're putting face photos up on the internet just 
it's stuff that may not, you know, ever be deleted and it's stuff that people could save and have. So just, you know, proceed with caution, especially if you're in a career or a field where, you know, if you were to be outed that you would get fired or, you know, something like that. You want to stay safe with that. Anyway, that turned to a whole other tangent. <laughs> Shall we get into the into the episode? Yes, before <laughs> I start rambling more about safety and changing your aliases and Instagram <laughs> privacies and Venmo names. Our episode today, as mentioned, is about edge play, fear play. Bum bum bum. CNC, all bum, that bum, good shizniz. That is rack, risk-aware, consensual kink. Mm-hmm. You're going into it knowing that there is a potential risk for injury. Obviously, everything we do technically, whether it's impact or whatnot, has some level of risk to it. But these such things could have a higher level of risk in terms of potentially getting hurt. Okay, I have a good kickoff for this that I forgot to talk about last time. So... We, Jay and I went to play with this other couple, and this couple is really into breath play. Mm. And they were like, we like to do drowning play. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, what's that? And he was like, well, we have this big clear bucket of, that they fill up with water. And he holds her head under the water for uh, until she taps out, essentially. And they were like, do you want to try? And I was like... <laughs> and I was like, I haven't had this feeling before of like I felt really safe with the people with the guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's very experienced with it and I felt actually safe, but I had that like nervous like butterfly feeling of yeah. like I've never done this before and this actually is kind of scary. It's really exciting that it kind of brought me back to my early kink days of like kink frenzy when everything was new and <laughs> scary and really hot. Now getting spanked right. is it's, just fucking run what it's going to be. Yeah, you know, you know what it's going to be. And I was like, this is brand fucking new and it's, I'm really excited. So he filled up this, this big bucket of water and put it down. He also, they also had a huge mirror, which I loved. Because at one point he like grabbed me by my hair and like took me over to the mirror and was like fingering me in front of the mirror. So mm. I would like watch us and I was like, this is really hot. So we kind of did it in front of the mirror too, but Jay sat right in front of me and I like held his hand while we were doing it. I'll call him H. Was like holding my head under because he kind of knew. There's a few specific things that he knows to look for in terms of like bubble patterns and stuff but also like we weren't going for very long and I was tapping out with my hand when I wanted to be let up the thing that I didn't realize is that not only so you can't breathe obviously that's like the given but also it's dark because you have your eyes closed but also your ears get submerged so you can't hear so it's like sensory deprivation and breath play, but also, God, there's something particular about being underwater where your body's just like, freak out! <laughs> like, we're fucking trying. Like, it's, it's a scary feeling, even though you know you can, you know, tap right out. Then it's kind of hot, too, like, coming out because you're, like, gasping and dripping and <laughs> makeup's running. I say this a lot, but it's like, the moments that I love the most in kink are the transitions and the contrasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the big appeal of intense fear play or, or edge play like that is the 
aftercare (laughs) almost. I do find being scared kind of in that way hot, but it's like, I'm not going to come from like having my head under under the water but I like being in that state of feeling super vulnerable like right after and then being comforted like by Jane and being like you did so well like so proud of you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that stuff so it was it was really fun and they also taught us how to do more breath play with saran wrap where sometimes Jane will just like take the saran wrap out and like put it over my face which I also find hot, although the thing with that, it's almost sometimes harder to get like a complete seal over your mouth and nose, you know? I really liked the drowning, but in the absence of that, I just tend to like, because there's two types of choking, right? There's like blood choking, which is where someone puts their hand around your neck, and that almost never cuts off your air supply completely Mm -hmm. it more kind of like makes you start to feel lightheaded right and i've done that during sex before yeah i like that too but it's it's less intense breath play and more just like this feeling in your head of course j or like h will like put their hand over your mouth and then like pinch your nose shut with their fingers so then you really can't breathe Mm -hmm. and that again it's much more like panic inducing but it's it's pretty sexy to me Mm because it's like so there's such a vulnerability there yeah i do like the feeling of this person could kill me if they wanted to if i really obviously have to very very trust them (laughs) i remember the very first time so Jay was like caning me and he put the put the cane this is after we had been dating for like I think over a year at this point put the cane up to my throat and said I could kill you right now and I was like dripping (laughs) (laughs) it was so hot there's something about that especially the first time he said there's like there's a a sexiness to upping the ante which I guess could get dangerous when you're like already pretty high with the ante there's a hotness to like taking the taboo one step further one step further at least in like talking about it you know Mm -hmm. and for that reason if he were to actually threaten to kill me like that's almost less hot because I can't even suspend that disbelief he's not gonna kill me but like the sexier thing to me is I'm so vulnerable yeah that he could so yeah, so breath play is super fun. Definitely do a lot of research. I'd say using anything but hands, definitely, definitely make sure you've done your research and have safety precautions in place. I would really advise against, if you're wrapping anything around somebody's neck, that can be very dangerous. And and if you're doing that, be sure you have like an easy release, whatever it is, you know. Cutters nearby, something. Yeah, and like really think long and hard before you actually tie something around somebody's neck or like secure it in any way. Mm-hmm. Like most of the play that I've seen with, with like implements and necks, you go up behind somebody with a belt. But you, like, have each end in your hand still. Mm-hmm. It's not like you buckle it no, no, tight. No. You don't want to be in a situation where it takes you more than half a second to let somebody breathe again if Absolutely. they if they are tapping out, right? No, so. that's very, very fine line, and it's very fragile. So you have to be 1,000% sure 
that you are doing this safely. Yeah. Otherwise, don't even attempt it. Don't yeah. even try it. Also, quick safety lesson on face slapping, just because I don't think we've ever, like, gone into the details of this, and it's not, doesn't seem like that extreme of a thing, but make sure when you're face slapping, one of the good things to do is, especially as a sub, and if you're a dom, talk to your bottoms about this. If you slap somebody in the face when their mouth is open, it can dislocate their jaw, Mm -hmm. so you want to, like, clench your jaw before you get your face slapped, so as a top, give them give your bottom like a chance to prepare and as a sub just kind of like keep your jaw clench as much as you can and make sure with face slapping that you're not hitting up where the eye is like you want to be hitting and you don't want to you don't want to follow through on a face slap stop at the cheek I'm like demonstrating and nobody can see me except Mm -hmm. (laughs) M. yeah this kind of brings you back to martial arts stuff Knowledge of how and where hitting somebody is going to do, especially internal damage, like dislocation, a lot of stuff with, and we can get into bashing as well. In terms of a um, a type of edge play, which is very extreme beating, so something like trampling somebody or really hitting and beating them up. I mean, I have very limited experience with that. I don't even particularly know where to begin in talking about how to do that safely because there is a lot that could go wrong in trampling somebody with boots on, including bones being broken, you know, internal bleeding. So I'm the wrong person to ask. That's just a type of edge yeah. play. Another thing. <laughs> Which yeah, is a and, little and, oh, that even just, that's in the world of extreme for me. Another just thing to note: legally, you can't consent to assault. So it's assault. So if somebody decides to press charges or go to play, like they have marks, right. there's no defense of they consented. Be very sure that the people that you play with, you know, are trustworthy and. If you're, if, you if you're doming or if you're topping, you yeah. know, because you don't want to end up in, in a situation like that. That's a great point. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, that's, the trampling stuff sounds like really super intense. That's crazy. <laughs> it's that, not crazy. I shouldn't call it crazy. Because there, I have heard stories of individuals who will come from being yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally as valid as a Absolutely. kink. And I it's just like, I get it. <laughs> They're just, we're babies compared to them. <laughs> Personally, Are I've there... done some great stuff too with, with knife play, which has risks, particularly in the knives being sharp themselves. And if that knife gets up around your neck or, I mean, anywhere on your body and it's near a large vein or artery and you move in the wrong way or someone flinches or you know whatever happens and someone gets cut that's a huge issue especially like I said if it's around a major artery or a vein I have done knife play in the past I find it riveting and even just the image of someone holding a knife or the knife doesn't even have to be touching skin or even if just the flat side of it is the steel kind of tracing up and down your arm obviously these knives are when played with not particularly meant to be used for cutting or blood play uh at least not in my world i'm sure that is also a possibility because there is needle and and blood play as well which i've never 
dove into myself. That is a hard limit, but it's more of the threat of a knife. I want to do, I want to try needle play. Hmm. Except I want, I always want like Jay there when I'm doing new scary things to like hold my hand, but he can't watch oh, like needle goodness. play. So I'm going to have to <laughs> not be a baby. Edge play also doesn't always have to be physical. You can definitely do emotional, mm, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. emotional edge play, I think. Like you got to be just as careful getting into the the weeds of that emotional s and I don't know. Anytime you're playing with humiliation and degradation, especially if you have like an intense dynamic, if you're in love or if you're just like very intimate or there's like a lot of trust because it from like a sub to a dom there's like so much built up trust there and relationship if you're doing you know intense emotional snm i'm thinking like abandonment play yeah and stuff like that oh i'm just gonna like i'm gonna leave you or god there was there was one time that i can't remember i think i told this told this story on the podcast, or I know I told it on Off the Cuffs. Jay texted me, what would it take for me to turn you into like a pile of emotional masochistic tears without laying a hand on you or something like that? And I wrote out this whole paragraph that was like, tell me that I was so stupid falling in love with you and that you're gonna like leave me and like mm-hmm. fall in love with other people and forget about me and like you'll be fine. Like I wrote this like whole thing about him breaking up with me essentially and like abandoning me. And he was like, oh my God, can I call? He got really upset. He was like, oh my God, I need to call you. Like I know like that really upset me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I like ended up crossing like his emotional boundary. <laughs> we found a limit. Um, but yeah, that stuff, the, it's almost like the appeal to me of edge play is the fact that it's edge play. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pushing those, pushing those limits and finding those moments that we haven't touched on before. And it's nice. That's why it's nice to have a partner that you really trust that you have like a lot of rapport with. Cause you can, that's where you can get into like, I'm doing air quotes, but pushing boundaries, not to be confused with violating somebody's limits, Yes, <laughs> but yeah. we, because those are two very different things, but there's a level of sort of negotiated soft limit areas mm-hmm. where you can play in that gets, that gets exciting. And I've already gone, I think in the past I've already talked about the fantastic CNC scene that yeah. I did with, oh, I still want to do that. with T. That was a year ago, and I'm pining to do another one um, to get my little fighter wrestler back out. <laughs> but consensual non-consent, CNC is in essence rape play. I'm a big fan of it. It's very physical and rough and tumble and... I feel like it gives me the chance to fight back, and it's also scary. <laughs> but again, it's about that trust and knowing that. For me, it's also about the point where where I turn, because I do turn, or did turn in the scene, from resisting, 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 to now you're fucking me, and okay, now I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also twisted when you think about the context of it, like yeah. enjoying it. Which is also hot. Right. Because that that's, like, so taboo, of right? Of course. Because, like, that's the thing, like, oh, just enjoy Like, that's, like, the worst thing right. to say to and, an like, actual begging victim. begging for but, it. Yeah. And... Jay's been threatening me with a CNC scene for, mm. like, over a year. <laughs> and one day he's just going to, like, jump out of my closet. It's so fun because, it, and it starts so 
like like talking and then it get and it builds and just the way it yeah. builds like the way that physicality builds it starts as just like a conversation or at least that's how we did it totally snowballs into this crazy like before you know it your hand is tangled in my hair and you've ripped my clothes off I, I got clothes that could specifically be torn off trying to get away kicking punching scratch like everything biting how long can this dick not <laughs> penetrate me. me what's the timing oh yeah so yeah no, i'm awesome. pining for another one the problem with that is though we did that scene private one-on-one and we'd love to do it in at a party in a space, but it's hard to find the right dynamic for yeah, that, and the right space. Yeah, it needs to be like a con. Yeah, because it, ugh, I feel like you That's can't, you, you can't pull, you can't pull that out. You can't pull down. I would love to do a takedown and capture where yeah. I actually have room to run, like yeah. physically run, and then be tackled. Yeah, I love that, love that. But it's it's hard to pull that out at like a poly sex party. At yeah, like it's a bit a intense chill for vibe. that. It would be good for something very kink but then a lot of the venues are also too small or too crowded and you definitely need space and you need mats to do that so that stuff is like even in a even in a very kinky space is really intense sometimes right oh yeah i'd be like screaming (laughs) so hot oh my god like no people be like are you okay oh yeah this is all it's all it's all good man it's all part of it cons are good for that because you can plan ahead yeah i i've heard of people at at conventions, a knowing a takedown and capture is gonna happen, like a kidnapping scene essentially. I'd love to do but a they full don't kidnapping, know, and but like they don't know when, so it's like over the course uh, of like four days. I would love that. <laughs> I would love to be literally taken from my bed yes. at like 3 a.m., oh duct God. tape around my mouth, and just like carried out. Obviously not quietly, but <laughs> I would love. Like, Could you imagine thrown in the back of a car? be scary yeah yeah that's what I want so (laughs) oh switching gears so something that Jay wants to do which he hasn't actually done yet but so we've we've done like some with hypnosis I think I've talked about this because I have a few like hypnosis triggers they're mostly horny triggers Mm -hmm. yeah we watched this horror movie called hereditary I don't know I'm sure some listeners have seen it but there's this scary little girl in that who just clicks her tongue So after we, like, watched that movie just to fuck with me, Jay just kept, like, clicking his tongue at me. And he's like, I want to install that as, like, a fear trigger, like a fear hypnosis trigger. So you get, like, scared when I click my tongue. So he hasn't done that yet, but I imagine that could be really fun. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I can't really think of any other main examples of experiences I've had with Edge or Fear Play. I've discussed my experiences with knife play and CNC and such. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to talk about us? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Maybe we should just end with a disclaimer of safety again. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because we mentioned rack at the beginning of the episode, which mm-hmm. again stood for risk-aware consensual kink. Yes. <laughs> which I like because it acknowledges the risk inherent in all of this. And especially when we're talking about edge play and the things we've talked about tonight, like drowning, anything with breath, there is significant risk involved in that. So it's really important to know those risks and know how to mitigate them the best that you can. There's no shame in engaging in behaviors that have risks 
attached to them. People do that every day, like driving or rock climbing. So it's not a, it's not a shaming thing to just say, be super aware of what you're doing and also make sure that part of consent is informed consent. Yes. So make sure that if you're a top and you're doing breath play or drowning or something like that, make sure you did your research and are informing your bottom of the risks involved. Bottoms, you should also do your own research and vice versa. And don't consent to something that you're not 100% sure about. Just be, you know, I think it can be easy to maybe feel pressured or fall into the pressure of going, oh, this is something really new. Don't take... I'm not 100% sure about it, but for people who are on the fence about things, just to kind of say, oh, well, fuck it, I'm going to try it, even if you're not 100% comfortable with it, I'd say really as a bottom, make sure you're completely comfortable in knowing that you want to try something like this. And don't, don't assume that just because someone calls himself a dom even, or if they have a lot of experience, don't assume that they know everything Mm -hmm. or that they are being completely safe. Ask questions for sure, especially if it's a new play partner. Yeah, definitely get references. Before I play with anybody, I like to, you know, if they have mutual friends or something, I I do like to see if anyone else has played with them before. Yeah, there can be really well-meaning tops and doms who are who are trying the best of their ability to do things in a responsible, safe way, but might not know something. Exactly. And so it's just, it's better to be, be as cautious as you want to be, but be aware of that. Yes. And anything else? I don't think so. I think that is all for this episode. If you've done anything super extreme, email us the story. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, snmchronicles at gmail.com and if there's anything specific you'd like to reach out to either of us about you can find us on FetLife I'm Blue Jasmine and I'm underscore Pinkfly until next month or months stay kinky kinky. we love you guys and stay tuned as always for this blooper reel right now alright don't whack your knee on the table what what was the first SS SSC safe sane and consensual so take away the first two it's just consensual just consensual (laughs) yeah which everything should be everything should if it's not consensual it's it's mutt it's uh, assaults or rape (laughs) now I feel like I want to like super fucking straight guys yeah and then just get like spit roasted and Getting spit roasted is so fun. Ugh. Ugh, so hot. Alright. I'll be like, I'm hard against my cage. I'll be like, you suck. Ha ha ha. I won't say that. I don't know why I said that. I was like... So, yeah. Intense. What? What? What do you want to talk about? We also have some very lovely reviews of this oh podcast. Oh my god, so Just a couple. sweet. I know, I don't want to toot our horn. We forgot to look at these for a while. I don't want to toot our horn. I feel like it's kind of 
Is it an asshole thing to do to read these? They make me so happy. Let's just read them and we, you can decide okay. if you want to put them in. But I, they're <laughs> so sweet and they mean so much to us. They really um, do. So Mr. Lee Jones said, The chemistry between S&M make for super entertaining conversations as they deliver a lot of super interesting content. They do not tackle BDSM from the trendy and superficial angle most podcasts do. However, they share some valuable first-hand experiences and are very, very articulate about all things sex. Thank you, Mr. Lee Jones. Um, Natalie, 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 Natalie said... The S&M Chronicles was the first King podcast I listened to, and I'm obsessed. The conversations are informative about the King community and are invaluable to listeners like me who haven't had the chance to take in this amount of King knowledge and advice before. I've loved listening to all the experiences S&M share on the podcast, and it's wonderful how they always emphasize consent and inclusion. I'm so grateful this podcast exists because it has helped me identify myself and has given me ideas about ways to continue having positive kink experiences. Thank you so much, S&M. Thank you, Natalie. Quadruple so Natalie sweet. for the win. Natalie to the fourth power. You're Natalie so sweet. Natalie to the fourth power. We appreciate that so much. Um, Sissy Joy said... Thanks for putting out such great content. I love hearing about your experiences. It makes me want to explore the scene. Wish you guys would put out episodes more frequently. We, we know. Thank you, though. I'm sorry. Kink is like one-sixth of my schedule. And about half of mine. <laughs> we wish no, we had more time we, yeah. to record more. If we, if we ever have a chance to put out extra episodes, we, we definitely will. But thank, seriously, though, thank you so much for those reviews. It means... It I'm just waiting for, lot. like, the next one you read to be like, this podcast fucking sucks. It sucks. I'm like, joke's on you. I'm getting horny anyway. Because, <laughs> no, really, don't don't leave a bad review to me on. That actually wouldn't work. <laughs> As you start crying. I like humiliation, but oh only consensually. Okay. Thank you for those reviews. If you'd like to leave a little note and have it read on air, feel free to leave a little review on the old mm-hmm. iTunes. Yeah. Let us know how much you love listening. We really do appreciate they that. And those actually help. They do help raise us in the ranks of the podcast if people search for, like, kink podcasts. So that's mm-hmm. really nice. Yay. 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 <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of S&M Chronicles. If you need to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at s&mchronicles at gmail.com or hit us up on FetLife. I'm Blue Jasmine and S is underscore pain slut. We look forward to next month's episode. Until then, stay kinky.